0: Horners, Dave here. On this episode of Good Morning Galahorn, the preview show, we are looking at the Vikings at the New Orleans Saints. It is the wild card playoff, wild card for the NFC, and in this one, we're going to ask: Will they go into the game with the same attitude that the Gophers took? Are they going to take some chances? Are they going to punch them in the mouth? What's the motivation? Are they going to be motivated? That's been a question this season. If the Vikings lose, will it cost Mike Zimmer his job? If the Vikings win, who's the most important player? What is the key? Is it going to be Dalvin Cook or Kirk Cousins? How will injuries play into the game? And can we repeat the history of 1986? Seven. All good questions. But right now in the playoffs, it's do or die. And we're going to end this one with an outstanding poem. One about raging into the night. Something the Vikings need to do on Sunday. Drew? <laughs> the
1: Vikings don't have to be better than the Saints. They just have to be better Sunday. Mm-hmm.
0: Back. <laughs> this time to preview the Vikings versus the Saints, which may be a good thing for Drew because, as we recorded, his Michigan Wolverines lost their bowl game. What bowl game was that? Their Drew? This the ball. Citrus Bowl. Citrus Bowl, okay. It was like,
1: could have been any kind of toilet bowl, but... We're not going to get into that. i will get me going on that.
0: Well, you said Shea Patterson's probably the next Vikings quarterback.
1: <laughs> uh, God help us. <laughs> Dude, if we drop that, no, please don't do that to me.
0: <laughs> so other than that, how are you doing?
1: Good. Good. I, uh, I'm ready for this game on Sunday, ready to get to it. Ready to get to it. Good. Ted, how are you doing?
2: Good. I, unlike Drew, my uh, my rooting interest today won the Min- the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Good job, Gophers. Beat Auburn, thirty one twenty four. That was a that was a heck of a performance by Gopher football. Eleven win season, first time in their one hundred and sixteen year program they've had an eleven win season. No
0: way! Um,
2: I saw that across Twitter. PJ Fleck, uh, I think, <laughs> has done a remarkable job with that with that program. Uh. And hopefully it is a uh, an omen of things to come for the state of Minnesota football. And other than that, if I was any better, I'd be guessing all Let's light like this candle. Let's
0: go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Dave, save all that tape right there for when they beat the Buckeyes next year. We can replay it on the show. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. Well, good job, Minnesota. It's good for the Gophers. Yes. It is. Let's see if Minnesota Vikings can follow suit. Huh, Ted?
2: I, let's hope so. I mean, that was, that was like an inspiring performance. You know, um, we, we talk about, we've we about talked a lot about Mike Zimmer and his conservative coaching approach. And I don't know if either of you watched that game today, but, but what struck me is that P.J. Fleck played to win. He, he coached to win. He, he took risky decisions. They didn't always pay off, but when they did pay off, it was the difference between them winning. I, I strongly believe it was the difference between them winning today uh, and them losing. Or, or as a minimum, having to go to overtime, and then overtime is such a fluky a thing. Who yeah. knows what would have happened? That was a, a great coaching job, great performance by um, the Gophers offense and defense, just all, all around. I was just really an inspiring. I want to re-watch it now. Ted's got me all fired up to watch. It was <laughs> dude, it's <was laughs> a great game. I mean, the Gophers kind of came out and punched Auburn in the mouth from the opening kickoff, and it was. You know, I, I have this, this. Kind of Minnesota sports inferiority complex. I think we all do. Everybody, <laughs> we all think, we all think the announcers don't like us, the Minnesota teams or whatever. And right. then, the, I just thought that the the announcers were so in the tank for Auburn today. Really? Was, oh, oh, it was terrible. If you get a chance to go back and watch the game, I don't know if you taped it or not. If you can, go watch it. It was just maddening. And I, I'm not. I mean, I I, I cheer for the Gophers because they're my home state team. You guys all know I'm a, I'm an Ohio State fan. Um, but it was. you know, I just, I just thought it was a great win, and I, I hope it's a springboard for next year and the Gophers getting to the Big Ten Championship and contending for Big Ten titles and all that stuff. So.
1: I feel really bummed I missed it, but I had to watch Alabama wide receiver Judy get 300 yards <laughs> receiving on five catches. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but speaking in of coming in and punching them in the mouth, That's a recipe for success when it comes to Sunday at noon central when the Vikings go down in the dome under a roof on turf, a fast turf by the way, which will be good for Dalvin Cook, to take on the New Orleans Saints.
1: Yeah. Is he giving
0: that kicking coach like a little bit
1: of a tip? Seventy five thousand. Is he gonna give him a tip or is he gonna go Scotty Pippen and give him a hundred dollars? I would think it would be I would think it would it, it would be
2: equally split amongst the kitchen kicking coach, uh Britton Colquitt, the holder, and then the greatest long snapper in the history of the Minnesota Lightnings, <laughs> Lieutenant Austin Cutting. Give yes. him a good
1: tip. Don't go no-tipping-pipping, that cheap-ass. <laughs> um, I, I think it's this is a game about mindset and attitude, and it kind of, when you came out with that TED Talk, talking about, I want to talk about that Falcons game when they came into New Orleans this season. I don't know what the Vikings were doing that day. Maybe they are playing later or whatever. I remember that game. I, I watched that game from beginning to end. Atlanta came in. Atlanta was like 2-7, and they just dominated from the get-go. They, did. They, had, they had the Saints were guessing. Drew Brees was off. The Saints were guessing. But the, what I noticed in that game, and I can carry that over to what I'm talking about now, is the Falcons were flying around that day. They were rallying to the football. The guy would make a sack, and all other 10 guys were high-fiving him. They were just, the intensity was flying. The Saints were off their game. They were getting pummeled at the line of scrimmage. Devontae Freeman was running like a madman. From beginning to end, guys, the Falcons owned that game. Now, sure, New Orleans might have been taking them a little lightly, but that's what the Vikings need Sunday. They need to come out like that. Mm -hmm. But can they? Play
2: like you have nothing to lose because you don't. You have nothing to lose. But do
1: Zimmer teams come out like, can we do that? Can they generate that kind of excitement and intensity? I don't see it a lot. And they're going to need it Sunday. That's how they got to do the blueprint of that game because that game was really one-sided, mm-hmm. by yeah. a team that that team that shouldn't be matching up with them on the field in their house. It was in New Orleans, but they controlled the whole game.
2: You, you know, I, I've I've found that the Vikings play really well when they're getting kind of disrespected or somebody says something, and I, I would go. In particular, Kirk Cousins. Do you guys remember before the Eagles game, linebacker Zach Brown said something to the effect, "We want to, we want to put this game in the hands of Kirk Cousins because yeah, we win. know who he is," or something like yeah. that. And Cousins went out and had himself a game. Er, earlier this week, did you see the clip from the Rich Eisen show? Michigan alumnus, Rich Eisen. No, I, I, I didn't. I usually watch
1: his show. I didn't catch the, anything this week, though.
2: Uh, Cam Jordan, the the Saints defensive end, and son of uh, fi- Vikings tight end legend Steve Jordan. Right. Um, got up, and, and Eisen asked him, like, a, a pretty good question. It was like, so uh, is this kind of a – do you look at this game based on what kind of Dalvin Cook you're going to get? You know, because he's been battling injuries and all that. And Jordan responded, well, I, I think uh, you could also ask that or say that about what kind of Kirk Cousins you're going to get. And and, and he, he – he didn't come out and say it, say it, but he alluded to the fact that you know Cousins doesn't always play well in big games, and I, I I'm, I'm sure you know with the with the NFL playoff commercial not including the Vikings, that little dig by Cam Jordan, you know Mike Zimmer is, is playing all that stuff up uh, in the Vikings locker room. I, I fully expect them. I don't know that they're going to win, but I fully expect them to come out and and play with a, a real. High level of intensity on Sunday. I really, really, really? Do. I really do.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good to hear that from you because you know the last couple of weeks you've been. I've been. I, I thought we were going to start the show today by you saying we're going to get boat raced by a hundred. <laughs> uh,
2: you know, on on our our in our in the raw show, I did. I I don't think that anymore. Not not even really. That, I really don't think that's going to happen.
0: Well, you saw well, I... the NFL playoff promo video that came out, and who it was missing. Vikings and the Eagles, yeah. Vikings and the Eagles. And Mike Zimmer loves to be disrespected because he uses that, always has throughout his six years. Tell mo- me that. <laughs> to motivate <laughs> the players saying, Hey, they don't even rate you getting it in a video, right? They think you're underdogs. They put you at an eight point disadvantage. It's and it's key moments like that where he has come out and shown, or the team has, and played with a purpose. And that's going to be key, that they come out and play with a purpose. That first punch in the mouth, set New Orleans reeling. And Zimmer can beat New Orleans. He has. It's two out of the last three. But this is uh... it's, it's going to take all that happening. Because New Orleans is a good team. And looking at the advanced stats, they're just slightly better than the Vikings in almost every category. I think there's only one where the Vikings were a little bit better, but yeah, it's, it's relatively even. I mean, most of your playoff teams are top 10 teams. So have you got numbers, Drew?
1: Yeah, I did crunch some numbers. Uh, And, and if, you mentioned you bring up a good point. It's it's kind of like a first quarter game to me. When you watch the Saints play, they're one of the environments. They're one of the teams that roll with momentum. And what I mean
0: is, they get that they can put two or three scores up really. They yeah, they can really fast. They did in two thousand seventeen in the second half. And that's whole- how the Falcons I, Falcons jumped on them early and mm-hmm. were really beating them play
1: after play after play. Ted knows he wrote he did write up on it and they just. If you can get, if you can over, if you can play them even in the first quarter, you got a way better chance. It's that momentum role that they have in the in the first quarter that seems to do teams in. And, of course, you know, you got the Hall of Fame quarterback. you got Michael Thomas. You know, the numbers are pretty equal right across the board. I think it, a lot of it is going to have to come down to how Dalvin Cook does. Because they are fourth against the rush. And part of controlling the Saints is having the running game on the other side. And we Atlanta ran against them. Oh yeah, in Devontae Freeman yeah. was running crazy against them. So I mean, it's his first Cook's first game back in a couple of games, but I think if the Vikings are going to go how they rush the football, if we're in the third quarter and have 31 yards rushing, we're probably behind by a significant amount. But if <laughs> Cook can, if Cook can control the sticks and they can use, if Cook is successful. I'm kind of. I would join the agreement with Ted and say we got a really
0: good shot at winning this game. But there's. Well, do you value Cook being? What do you place more importance? Cook being successful or Kirk Cousins being good? Kirk.
1: Uh, that's a really good question. I think. I think one runs off the other. If Cook is having himself a day, I think you know. Cousins kind of goes with the confidence of the team, how he's going to go. When the Vikings are flying around defensively and Cook is they have their running game going, Cook Cousins plays better. But I'm I'm more worried about that mindset. I want to see what Ted If they come out and they just are really fired up to play this game. I think they have to be that way so they can avoid that momentum rolling over them that the Saints seem to do in that stadium all the time. They do it all the time. So I think it's a lot of it's on Cook. I mean it's. Hate to pressure him back in after two games off, but we need him this week badly. You know, Ted, if you only have a couple of eight, nine minute drives, that serves us best.
2: You know, Diraz, I don't mean to steal your thunder as a stats guy, but I, I was looking at him earlier when I was doing that um that TED talk. And and the Saints they're they're fourth in the NFL in rushing, but they give up over four yards per carry. So I, I and I'm wondering if that's not because teams get behind and they have to throw the ball because the Saints are ranked the Saints' defense is ranked twentieth, twentieth or something like that in the NFL. That's in good numbers. And so, if the you know the Vikings don't need to rush for two hundred and fifty yards, if they do, that would be great. I'm not saying don't do it, but but they they do need to keep the the game situation on offense like a second and five, third and two. You you can't you can't get second and nine, second and 12, third and eleven. With the crowd into it and hard to hear and all that stuff. If it, it, you're you're absolutely right. If the Vikings can go on a couple of eight or nine minute drives and just kind of make the game boring, for lack of a better word, keep keep grinding out yards, move the first down ch- change, and keep the crowd out of it. Get a couple of scores, brother. It's anybody's game. I it, on I, this I, I've said this all along, and I said it on the in the raw show. The Vikings have as much talent as any team in the playoffs this year and they have as much talent as anyone and and with that talent they can win the Super Bowl. It I firmly believe it is their mental approach and outlook to things. And you guys are right if if Cousins comes out good we'll, we'll know. I think we'll know within the first really? two or three drives mm-hmm. of of which Vikings team has shown up. If they come out flying around like the kind of like the Gophers did today against Auburn and making big plays and propping everybody up and and just watching the sideline get fired up the the saints are going to be in for a a, a dog fight.
1: man that's big arm slap there and you are correct the saints have the fourth best rushing defense but they're 20th against the pass so that's nothing to write home about i just the fired up thing can, can the vikings come out and play that way though i don't see a lot, a lot of that and i'm and I'm worried about him getting rolled up in the momentum ball. I would, are they too conservative to get in a shootout or whatever with the Saints?
2: Um, I will. Th- I think they will get in a shootout if they have to. I, I don't think Mike Zimmer wants to do that. Which I would argue, if Kirk Cousins is on, I would absolutely 100% have him sling it 40 times because if if he is if he is second half against Denver, Kirk or Sure. Um, uh He's had a couple other games during during that that four game winning streak when he was uh, player of the month in October. Mm. If if he's that Kirk, if that Kirk shows up, throw it thirty five forty times because he when he's when he's playing like that, there is no defensive secondary in the NFL that can stop that. Not with a healthy Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs and Kyle Rudolph.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. The question is, will he show up? And when I asked running back, you know, is Dalvin Cook more important or Kirk Cousins? To me, it's Kirk Cousins. Vikings
1: the, three and out, Saints drive for a touchdown. Before I even notice, we're halfway through the first quarter. It's 14 to nothing Saints, and I'm going, here we go again.
0: Well, if that happens... Here we yeah, go again on our own. That'll happen. But I don't think I it will. Not. You talk about motivation. Like to... I, think, I think, literally, when Zimmer and his teams feel like they are the underdogs, they come out punching. So I don't – I do not suspect nor advocate that they will come out flat this week. I think it will be just the opposite. Now, I, I, whether I, I, they I, go toe-to-toe, punch-for-punch, that may be a different thing. Promise. But they'll come out – I, I,
2: I never advocate for my team to come out flat, Dave. Ever. <laughs> oh, wait. You know what?
1: Booger McFarland just texted me. He said – no, he did.
0: He Come join the Monday uh, Night Crew.
1: Oh, Booger said – let me see. He said, Ron Rivera has taken the head coaching job in Washington, which means Bill Callahan will no longer be the head coach.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Good job.
1: Thanks, Booger. No,
2: Dave, I think you're right, though. You're, you're 100% right that when, when the Vikings – whatever the cliches you want to use, they're, feel their backs are to the wall, feel disrespected, feel like they're the underdog. Nobody's giving them a chance. That is usually – and I, I got to say, historically, for this franchise, like going back even, you know, right after the post Bud Grant days to Jerry Burns in that 87 playoff game against the Saints and that 87 run, yeah, I, I, I really think they're going to come out and they're going to play a good game on Sunday. I really do. Because partially, I also think, um, I, I mean, I, there's there's been chatter about the Vikings wanting Kevin Stefanski to stay as their head coach and waiting, after Zimmer and Cleveland's wanting to interview him and and everything else, and I, I, I think you could make the argument that if the Vikings get embarrassed on Sunday by you know like thirty-one to ten or whatever, uh, it it. it it could be the end of the Mike Zimmer era.
0: What about the Rick Spielman era?
2: <sighs> I, I see. I, I I hesitate to say either or both would get fired mm-hmm. because I I I think the Vikings intentionally tied the contracts of Cousins, Spielman, and Zimmer to all expire at the end of twenty twenty. I think all three of those guys are tied together, and if if you If you fire one, you can't fire all three because Cousins is under contract, fully guaranteed for next year. So, do you fire two, roll with Cousins for next year, and just tell him he's playing for an extension next year? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think Mike Zimmer get fired if the Vikings lose, unless that loss is embarrassing, really, really embarrassing, bad. And I don't see that happening Sunday. Now, I, I. I was kind of bummed out Sunday night after that Bears game, and thinking back to the Packers game on Monday night. But there's a lot of stuff that's transpired this week that that have given the Vikings ammunition for them to play the disrespect card. Mm-hmm. And well,
1: I... you know, you know, I, I'll I'll buy into the disrespect card. I will buy into that because you're absolutely right. When their backs against the wall, they come out more fired up, chip on their shoulder, all that. That's fine. But here here's what I'm worried about: twenty-one nothing down at Lambeau. First half of the Broncos game, that Monday nighter, the one we just saw. Those are yeah. like, that's just three things off the top of my head. That's what I'm worried about. Don't forget the Seattle. <laughs> hey, I don't want. Yeah, it's, you can't. I mean, I don't know. You could possibly say the Vikings and Zimmer has these teams that don't come out flat or whatever. I mean, look at those games. Those are hot. What? Convince me that we're not going to do that in this game, and if it's a bulletin board thing that keeps it from doing it, then fine. But that's concerning to me. Those starts that we've had in those games, when they're flat and just going through the motions and just getting dominated, then they have to try to crawl out of the hole, and they don't get it. They don't get it at the at the end. So I am. You're
0: concerned seen, that's that's I'm concerned that Mike like... Zimmer's going in there this week and go, guys, you need to come out flat. We're in the playoffs, but it doesn't mean nothing. Just walk through the motions. You know that's not the case. Well, I don't think he
2: said that before the,
0: All the, the, other ones, the Monday but, night
2: game. I don't, think, I don't think he said that. I mean, Drew's got a very good point. When when the stakes are highest this year, and last year even, is when the Vikings came out and arguably played their worst football of the year. That's,
0: I that's, was,
2: that's just factually correct.
0: Let's look at Football Outsiders. They had a graph of our losses in the most— deviation and hard to play games we played all season and the ones that zimmer had the roughest time in were chicago and green bay both of those the division games right and then it was more level for the other games even including the ones we lost whether it be seattle or kansas city or something like that but the biggest was they came out the flattest against the division rivals. And I can't tell you why. Um if, if he gets embarrassed, will he be fired? There's quite a possibility. That's The fans get really, really, really upset, and the Wilfs <clears throat> feel that. Now, I looked, I did some research. Since 2020, right? 20, or, or not 20, 2000, last 20 years. I say since today?
2: That's today.
0: So it's That's like t- since today. Since, since today. twelve hours ago.
2: So yeah. For the last sixteen hours.
0: Boom. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Um. Uh, Come
2: I was on, looking Luger. at
0: how many okay, coaches so no, were it, since, fired.
2: Since when, Dave? So when is it? Two thousand. Looking for two thousand. Two thousand. Okay.
0: Since okay. two thousand, how many coaches were fired after going to the playoffs?
2: Playoffs. Uh, I.
0: NFL coaches making making the playoffs. And then I would fired. say
2: Tony Dungy, but the I don't think the Bucks went to the playoffs that year. Yes, they fired. did. They did. Yes. Okay, so Tony Dungy.
0: That was in 2001. Tony Dungy was um, was fired. They traded for Gruden. Um obviously Tampa Bay went to the Super Bowl that next year and won it. That is extremely unusual.
2: Um, um I know Lovey Smith went 10 and 6 one year for the Bears and got fired, but I don't think they went to the playoffs. They that didn't year, go did to the playoffs that
0: year. Okay. Um, your list is Tony Dungy, Steve Mariucci in 2003 with the uh, 49ers. He went to the playoffs and then got fired. Um, Mike Malarkey with Tennessee went to the playoffs, got fired. Oh, that's
2: right. That just a couple years ago.
0: Yeah, that was 2017. Mary, uh, San Francisco went nine <clears> years <throat> without making the playoffs after they fired Mariucci. Um, Tennessee is yet to make the playoffs after firing Malarkey. They're in this year. Well, then this would be, yeah, this is the first year. So they went two years. Um, John Fox at Denver. Was quasi-fired after 2014. He made the playoffs and then met with Denver's problem is John Elway as a GM. John Elway as a GM sucks. And Uh, they had a mutual departing, is what they called it in the paper.
2: Didn't Denver win the Super Bowl next year with Kubiak?
0: Yes, they did. Kubiak came in and they won the Super Bowl the following year. Um, Gruden, when he was traded, left a winning team. Uh, The Oakland, I think, won the next year but then went into severe drought. You guys then, are losing me. What are we getting to here? And Marty Schottenheimer, 2006. Our boy, Marty. Yeah, Marty Ball. And uh, the Chargers uh, went, I think, the next year to the playoffs. But after that, it's only been like two in the last 20 years.
2: So so what's your point? If you fire your coach after taking them to the playoffs, they don't go
0: back to the playoffs? No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's... Um it's no, it's actually split about 50-50 but it's it usually precedes a long drought. There's no or, team even if they won the next year usually goes into a drought after that.
2: Or you either you either win the Super Bowl.
0: Hey hey, hey if Zimmer gets <laughs> fired and we hire Stefanski or whoever and we win the Super Bowl next year, you can mark that off our bucket list. Look, then my we go thing to is, a decade I only, I only care.
1: Yeah, I only care about the Saints game at this point. That's really yeah. where my mind's at. I, really, I, you know, I do too. I, I mean, w- what's going to happen with Zimmer is what's going to happen with Zimmer. He needs to have his team ready to come out and play.
0: But this and, is, but how it ties into the Saints drew, is that this is the talk going into the Saints, and whether the team's ready to play and Zimmer's ready to play and how he does, right? If he wins. Literally, he's coaching for his life, so he's under the maximum pressure he's gonna be. And you could ask, is Kirk Cousins playing for his next contract in this? There's yeah, a, I think yeah. There's a I, whole I lot of pressure. Definitely is. On.
2: Um, I, I will. I will say, you know that that's also a good point, Dave. If if there's if there's chatter that the Vikings might part ways with Zimmer. If the if they play really poorly, and that's the only kind of caveat I've seen with this,
0: yeah, this if it's an like embarrassing really have to loss, play
2: bad and get embarrassed. Yeah, <clears throat> if, if if that happens, I mean, if if you have kind of that backdrop along with the the commercial and the Cam Jordan comments about Kirk Cousins and and everything else that you can use as a motivational tactic, mm-hmm. and you still come in and get your doors blown out. Right. I mean, I think you could argue maybe it is time for a change.
1: If, but if yeah, you, yeah. you
2: can use all that and either win or or play up to your potential and just come up a little bit short because it's a road game and, and the Saints are probably a little bit better team, then I, I think you can make a strong case for Zimmer coming back for at least
1: one more year. I have to agree with all of that knowledge Mr. Ted Glover just threw out there. If, he, if we come out and it's another Philadelphia playoff game, that would be two playoff games in a row where they got their ass whipped. That would mean that would mean only one playoff victory for Zimmer in this entire time here, and that came on a one-in-a-million play. That would mean his only victory came from that. It, yeah, wouldn't, it wouldn't... If he gets run off the field in this one...
0: Wide left is not his issue. I mean,
1: that was a one-in-a-million
2: play, too. I mean, yeah. I... I you know, he can't, he can't we, get blown out, though. I think blown out is the only
1: way he probably is in real trouble if he gets I, I, blown out yeah. this Sunday.
2: Uh, like another 38-7 game, like that NFC Championship game? Yeah, I give, it, it would be an interesting few days in Minnesota, I would I would well,
1: think. You know, it, it, you get down to what's it called, the brass tacks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How the Vikings done against quality opponents on the road this year? Do you want to boot up the schedule and we can look at that real fast? do we it? it off the No, top there's, there's
0: only one winning team and that's the Eagles.
2: Eagles are 8 and 8, aren't they?
0: 9 and 7.
2: Oh, they are, my bad. Okay. We went on the road so, at
0: Lambeau. we lost that. We went on go. the road at
1: Seattle, we lost that. We went on the road at Arrowhead, we lost that. We went the only one We went on the, the road Eagles. at Soldier Field, we lost that. Those are good quality tw- we lost We seem to lose to the quality teams on the road and that's what we're trying to get over this week.
2: Week two at Green Bay, lost 21-16. Week four at Chicago, lost 16-6. Felt like 50 to nothing. Um, Went to New Jersey and beat the Giants. Went to Detroit and beat them. At Kansas City, lost 26-23. At Dallas, won 28-24. At Seattle, lost 37-30. At the Los Angeles Chargers, won 39-10. So So we're playing a shit team on the road. We got a good shot. It kind of goes back to the king of the bad teams joke I made. It's it's not necessarily inaccurate. They they beat the bad teams on the road. They lost to the good teams on the road. They need they need to beat a good team, and this is arguably the best team in the NFC. And yeah, so? the
1: probably number one offense. I would have to say, even though they're not in, in league wise, they're not number one on offense. They are only ninth on offense, but in the playoff pool. They probably have the best offense that anybody could possibly face. I mean, defensively I'm not worried about the Vikings. I, I'm, well, I'm really see that's I'm where, not, I'm not, we've got I'm some not key
0: worried. injuries that are worth well, talking yeah, about. Yes,
1: David, David, you're absolutely right. And I think those injuries will play to the point. Those are probably going to be bigger than what I'm about to say. But mm-hmm. if you look at each level of the teams, the Vikings have Hunter, they have Kendricks, and they have Hitman. They're good. They have a really good player at all three levels of the defense. The Saints have Cam Jordan, who is third in the NFL in sacks, on their line. Hopefully Reeves not blocking him. They have a really <laughs> active running Actually, back. in Demario Reeves had Davis. A good season. DeMario Davis has four sacks and 12 tackles for loss at linebacker. Very good linebacker. Very active. Great tackler. And they have Janoris Jenkins in the secondary, whose five interceptions rank second in the NFL. So they also have a good player at each level. So I think the defense, defensively, can be – a Punch punching match back and forth between the teams, it's, it's who's going to respond offensively that might make the difference in this one. But go ahead with the
0: injuries because I think that's crucial. Well, right now, the injury report came out today. Uh, the offense is 100% full go. There isn't a single person on there from the offense. That means Dalvin and Madison were both full practicing today. Uh but it's when it comes to the defense we have an issue. Efe Odenigmo was limited with a uh, hamstring. And we know how ham we hand hamstring. Handstring. String. Handstring?
1: Ha- handstring?
0: Ha- ham, ham as in oh, pig. Man bear pig <laughs> string. Um <laughs> there's a <laughs> My damn hamstring. Yeah, then you had Eric Kendricks, Sendejo, uh, uh, back at 100%, and we don't know that we're going to get him. So we'll see. And if Max out, who are they going to put in there? Are they going to go mix it up with Curse, the big nickel, or are they going to put in Holton Hill? Uh, I don't know.
2: I don't know. It'll be interesting.
0: And Wilson is a good linebacker if he replaces Kendricks, but he's not Kendricks level. Kendricks is. All pro. I,
2: I think if, I think if, and nothing against Eric Wilson, I thought he played a pretty good game against the bears, mm-hmm. but, um, Montgomery and three Cohen, uh, is a whole different level than trying to cover Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield. Right. I, I think so.
0: Mm-hmm. And Kamara's getting healthy.
1: Finally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's had kind of a down year, but we all know that guy can take over a game.
0: Yeah. Cause he was hurt early. He's playing with injuries. Yeah. You, know.
1: you know,
2: one more thing. Dave or, or Drew, one of you guys mentioned the Vikings excuse me, have beaten the Saints two of the last time two of the last three times we've played them. The third time, if you'll all remember, was last year on that Sunday night game in the Metrodome where the Vikings lost thirty to twenty. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember the game, but the Vikings did exactly what we talked about early. They came out and set the tempo and were playing a very good game. They were up, I think it was 13 to 10. And they had the ball. It was it was late in the first half, and they were driving. And if you remember, Adam Thielen fumbled inside the Saints 20. The Saints picked it up and went all the way down to, like, the Vikings 20 or 18 or something like that. And they ended up scoring and going up 17-13 at halftime when it looked very much like the Vikings, if nothing else, were going to be, be leading 16 to 10, if not 20 to 10. And then later in the – late in the third quarter, I think it was, Kirk Cousins threw that pick six, which was kind of partly Diggs' fault too. I mean, it was Kirk's fault, but it was Diggs' fault. And that was the
0: game. I, That's I the really, one where Diggs stopped.
2: Yeah, but whatever. Anyways. Um,
0: communication
2: on, on the two. My point is, I really feel this Vikings team can play with the Saints. And if they don't beat themselves – like we've said, I don't know how many times this year.
0: They can beat anybody in the NFC.
2: They can win this game, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I don't think this game is going to be a blowout. When you add in all the, all the, the noise about the, this game and, and you know, the, the bulletin board material the Saints and the NFL have given the Vikings, the fact that, you know, players universally say they love Mike Zimmer and, and love him being their coach. I would think they would want to put forth an effort, a, a really good effort, if they want him to be around.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, I mean, you,
1: you add in all that, I, I just, I really. Well, let's go. Let's let's go one further. What about that playoff game, now, guys? To piggyback off what Ted just said, Zimmer has done it. He has, done, he has done what I talked about, the, the Falcons owning the game at the beginning. Mm-hmm. The first half of that playoff game, Zimmer had a tremendous game plan, and he had the guys playing at a high level. The intensity was up. Sandeo with the diving interception in midfield. The Vikings were rolling, just rolling. The Saints had no answer. in The first half of that game, it's 20 to nothing. Jog off the field, and I was just going, man, Zimmer's got it going today. And then in the second half, he just stopped doing it.
2: I, he had I- it. He had I
1: think, it. I mean, he, we had that game, but he, he had a beautiful game plan in the first half. He was aggressive. He was attacking, and he wasn't letting breathe, breathe. No. Breathe, 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 breathe. He wasn't giving the Saints any room. Mike Zimmer had a tremendous game plan that day, and then he all of a sudden switched it in the third quarter. The Saints did a little bit of adjusting, but Zimmer backed off the gas pedal and let him back in the game. Don't let him back in the game. He had it. So I Zimmer's been. Argue-
2: I would argue the reason he did that is, is that Keenum interception. Keenum finally did what Mike Zimmer feared he would do all year, and he did it in the playoffs. And so I think he went ultra conservative to avoid another one of those mistakes, and it only paid off because Keenum <laughs> made amends for for that. And that, I will fully agree. I okay. fully
1: agree, but I will say this: Zimmer, Zimmer game planned that day and had that team ready to play, and that was a great first half. That's what he needs to do. So he's done it. It's not that he can't do it. Just keep your foot on the gas. Don't give – don't start going conservative, which causes more three-and-outs, which gives Breeze – you don't want Drew's Breeze getting extra possessions. No.
2: Even
1: if you can even if you can have three drives that chew six minutes off the clock and then you punt, at least you're chewing time off the clock. You can't just keep, go into a show.
2: Yes, and you're keeping your defense off the field and rested. And, and if nothing else, you're flipping field position. So you're going you're gonna to make them have to drive the length of the field. Going three and out and three and out and three and out is going to slowly but surely give the Saints not only time of possession advantage, but field possession advantage. And, and if, if those two things start happening – that stadium's going to get rocking. The Saints are going to get some points. And, right. and and the wheels could completely come off.
1: Then the momentum thing starts. You don't want yeah. that. I, Zimmer Zimmer kicked the shit out of Peyton and the Saints when he played them in that game in the first half. They had no answer. Vikings were ruling the ball on both sides of the ball. Line of scrimmage was ours. And then it all fell apart. We hung on. We got the win at the end with a miracle. But my point is, he needs to. Is he going to do that? What happens if we have a 14-point lead in the third quarter? What kind of Mike, What's Mike Zimmer going to do? Is he gonna just be fall into that pattern, or is he gonna go? You know what? Let's just keep doing what we're doing because I'd like to see him just keep doing it if he gets the, gets the ball rolling. Keep going. And I,
2: and I would argue he did that last year. I mean, the the Vikings were were pretty much controlling the tempo of that Sunday night game last year until that Thielen fumble and touchdown late in late in the first half. So it, th- there's a lot of recent history that that tells you the Minnesota Vikings. As long as they play mistake-free football, can go toe-to-toe with the Saints and they can beat the Saints. So, if they can do that Sunday, man, they're gonna win. But
1: keep attacking, keep don't yes. stop attacking. Yes. Why does he do that? And I know that has a lot to go back to, you know, his coaching, how he was raised in coaching, whatever with Dallas and all that. But you can't let Drew Brees have an itch, dude. Don't you can't leave the door open for that fucking guy. Don't do it. I agree. And yeah. I'll even go back to 87. Whatever power it takes. In 87, we had 249 yards rushing and six turnovers. If that's what we need Sunday, then let's get it. And might I add, after we beat the Saints, we went to Candlestick to play the Niners. If they the beat Vikings them. beat the Saints, where are they going? Candlestick. Well, let's carry San Francisco. The yeah. Carry the magic, brother.
0: <laughs> the well, Last they can't. They can't. No. They can make the Saints and the San Francisco 49ers. Repeat history. They cannot make the third game repeat history. But, you know, you guys, you both watched the 87 game. Oh, yeah. We were fired up that day,
1: too. The Vikings were coming off the ball. They were attacking the shit out of Bobby Hebert, hey bear Yeah. <laughs> everything going that day, but they were fired up, and they were intense, and they never took their foot off the gas. Like Ted said during the week in the post, the Vikings rolled that game. From the beginning to the end, What, 44 to 10. I mean, that was a there were seven-point dogs in that game. They won 44-10, but they dominated it. wasn't lucky. They dominated it.
2: I know it's I know it's 32 years in the rearview mirror. It was doing nothing. And it, it didn't turn around until I think Kramer got hurt and Wade Wilson came in. And then Ant- they, a big play sparked him. Anthony Carter had a big punt return. And the Vikings got after Bobby Aber and it was on. It was right. on. Mm-hmm. And, and we and, need and, a little bit of that Sunday. And, and that... That '87 team didn't let that adversity, uh, and the and the and the Metrodome, the Superdome was rocking. Uh-huh. Uh, they were down, and and they were they were looking kind of shaky. And if the Vikings can't allow that to happen, and, and and that could very happen, that could very well happen early on. The Saints are a very good team; they could very well score on their first drive, and the and the Superdome or whatever we're calling it now. It's would be superdome. a noisy
1: place.
0: It's a Mercedes Benz superdome.
1: Oh, uh, you remember superdome. 87 Ted? They were on fire going into that game. The Saints yeah. with the Benson boogie, they were kicking everybody's ass. They were. And the, the Vikings went in there with a little bit of, sure, six turnovers helps, but they dominated that day. And they need more of that power. They can't sit back and just hope. I think they got to attack full time to throw caution to the wind. I, yeah. I agree.
0: Yeah. They're
1: going to be underdogs from here on out, period.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they will.
1: Play that out Fal- The Falcons just came in and they took it to the Saints almost with the attitude of, you know what, if we blitz and Michael Thomas beats us on a sixty yard fl- slant, then so be it. But we're gonna we're gonna do some things that they're not expecting, and they won the game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh good. Any last things as we wrap this up?
1: Uh uh Did we miss the Vikings, anything? Are, the Vikings the Vikings are sixth in the league in rushing overall, and they're 23rd in passing. So I'm fully expecting the Vikings are going to come out and try to run the football. That would be the smart thing to do, especially with Cook back. and you look at the numbers being swayed that heavily one way or the other. If the Vikings run the football with any consistency and keep this fucker close in the first half, they have a shot. If they do the three and out, the three and out, the three and out, it's it's if they can't run the ball, we don't have much of a shot. And Kendrick's. If we lose Kendricks at any point and he doesn't play in this game, we won't win.
0: That's my last take. I'm a little bit more optimistic if Kendricks doesn't play. I think Wilson will do fine. But I think the key is if Kirk's playing well, we win. Yeah, what keys to the game? I didn't even mention Cousins. What's up with me, huh? I know. <laughs> well, well no, you I... picked Alvin, I picked Kirk. Ted? You have any keys to, game? The, key to the game? Attitude. I got a
1: key to. I got a key to the game, dude. He went Jeff McColly. I got a key. I, I got a key. <laughs> if what it take it's your time? If it's your, time, if it's your key
2: up? and it's my key, isn't it our key? Uh. <laughs> Mr. So, <laughs> here, here's what I think is going to happen. I think the Get Vikings. It. I think this game is is going to be a close nail biter. I think the Vikings are going to have a possession with, like, 30 seconds left. Kirk Cousins, and it's going to be tied. Kirk Cousins is going to throw a pass. Stephon Diggs, he's going to he's going to throw it to Diggs. And it's going to be incomplete. And on review, the Saints will be charged with defensive pass. <laughs> oh, my God. You imagine that. The Vikings will be set up, and Dan Bailey will kick a 40-yard field goal... To give Will Lutch from 2009 the middle finger. 27, 24.
1: You really have really have thought this through, haven't
2: you? I, I guys, I, I'm not I'm not I shouldn't say I I think the Vikings are gonna win. I the Vikings are very capable of winning and I don't see a blowout. I just don't. When you when you look at the way the Vikings and the Saints have played the last three or four times, even going back to twenty sixteen, there's a big turnover in personnel, but but Mike Zimmer has the Saints' offense, for the most part, figured out? I mean, even in that loss, Drew Brees only had 120 yards passing last year.
1: That's a that's a huge point. I'm glad you brought that up because he has controlled them the last two times he's played them, and not many coaches can control Drew Brees. No. Um. I,
2: so, and 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 you're like, well, yeah, but those were all all those games were in Minnesota and blah blah blah. Okay, fair point. But when you when you look at how well the Vikings have played the Saints, uh. All the extra motivational stuff that the Vikings have going for them and and a, the possibility of Mike Zimmer coaching for his job, if this is like a bad blowout loss. I, I think these players, who i I do believe love playing for Mike Zimmer, I think they, so too. i I think they're gonna go out and have one heck of a football game on
1: Sunday. I really do. okay. i'm gonna I forgot one thing, and I know Dave, I know you throw darts with Zimmer. You guys barbecue together. This is what I want you to tell him. He won't return any of my calls, but I know you guys are buddies. (laughs) Listen, listen, when we get done with the show, call him and say, listen, I'm coming over with a 12-pack or, in your case, 80 of them. Whatever.
0: (laughs) Well, and some wine because he's a wine guy. And
1: then tell him, get over there sit out with him. Look at the Falcon game I mentioned. Watch Mm -hmm. that. Watch the first half of that playoff game against Mm -hmm. the Saints a couple years ago. Watch that. Not the second half. Watch that. Time. Watch the first half. Watch the Falcon game. Watch the last half hour of the Wild Bunch. That's all you got to do is show them <laughs> those three things. Show them the, the Gatling
0: gun. The Gat- <laughs> with Ernest
1: Borgnine. Show them that. Mike Zimmer will be so fucking fired up, we'll win that game 45 to 10. Show them those three things. If you show them those three things, we are fucking gold.
0: You got it. Now, one last thing. A friend of the show. Is that how you do it, Drew? <laughs> Friend of the show uh, that ha- also is friends with some of the '70s great Vikings that happens to watch our show, and we appreciate you guys being fans very much. We grew up with you, idolized you. You're awesome. Mention
2: <laughs> hat tip. Seriously, if, if 70, any '70s Vikings players actually watch this show, yeah, love you guys. You guys were my heroes.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> mentioned. <laughs> mentioned... Uh, he modified a Dylan Thomas poem and we're going to play the whole poem shortly after this but it's do not go gentle into the good night and what he wanted to say was do not go gentle into these playoffs old age should burn and rave at the close of day rage rage against against the dying dying of the light. light do not go gentle into that good night old age should burn
1: Last words, Drew. Meow, meow, Viking cow. Do it! Go into the dome, wild bunch, Gatling gun, fuck them up. Dead.
2: Super Bowl homeboy. We'll see you in Miami. Let's go. You
1: guys remember the great Peckinpah film? Sam Peckinpah with Gatling gun? and the That was actually the first Western when they showed blood shooting out of people. (laughs) (laughs) It was
0: banned over in England. Good Uh, knowledge. Oh, Viking. Let's win this game. See you afterwards.